Hey, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister at the Eagle Community Church of Christ here in Mont Bellevue, Texas. Love for you to visit us anytime. Uh, check us out online, eaglechurchofchrist.com. You can find out all you want to find out about our church. We're in transition. We've moved from Baytown into Mont Bellevue, and so we'd love for you to be a part of that as, as we transition and move and, and really envision a new future for our church. This week, we start something new. We're starting the book of Philippians. Uh, a lot of fun here as we, as we look at the letter that Paul wrote to a church he loved in Philippi, and he writes it from prison, which also makes it interesting. So uh, if you love book studies, here we go. Book of Philippians uh, and the Apostle Paul writing to that church there. Again, we'd love to have you visit our church. We'd love to see you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. As they're leaving, I, I saw this week on Facebook, sometimes Facebook is good for some things. And uh, I saw a couple of tips for being a teenager in today's world uh, that I could relate to. And the first one might, you might find helpful today, uh, if you're sitting uh, on the couch or chair at your house and you're eating a snack, you know, you get out a package of peanut butter and crackers or whatever, when you get done with that, uh, a good place to put it is just down between the cushions. <laughs> that, that holds it really well so you'll know where that is. Uh, another one is, you, you know when you're filling up your, your glass of ice, and it always spits out that one that doesn't want to go where it needs to go? Uh, if you do that today, what you need to do when that ice hits the floor is you just need to exit the room safely, because <laughs> we don't want you to slip and fall, okay? So just leave that there. Actually, there's a lot of things that I, I read through that, and I thought, yeah, I kind of still do some of those things. Um, I, I need to quit that. So I kind of gave myself a talking to. We'll see if I, I'm, I'm changed after this. Uh, we, are, we are so glad that you're here. It's a, it's a great day in the life of this church as we install new deacons, uh, guys who have been involved already, and that's what we want when we're talking about uh, our, our elders or our deacons. You, you don't pick somebody hoping that they grow into the role. You pick people who are already doing it. You pick shepherds who are already shepherding. You pick deacons, which means servant. They're already serving and I think what you saw this morning are people who love this church and who want to serve this church. And for that, we are thankful. For those of you who are already doing that as well, we are thankful for you. I appreciate Bo's prayer for all of you involved because there are a lot of people that put in hours behind the scenes, who get here early, who stay here late, who do all kinds of things. And for you, we are grateful. And from the church, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you do. We begin this morning... Uh, with a new study, a study in the book of Philippians. And I am excited uh, to bring this to you. This is going to be different than what we've gone through this, this summer um, because each, uh, each time, each week we met, we talked about one specific thing. And as we go through a book, you know that Paul doesn't just pick out a topic and just dwell on that the whole time. So we go through it uh, as Paul goes through it. And so what I want to start off by doing is to encourage you to start reading this. If you haven't already, I want you to start reading this book. This week and next week, we will still, we'll still be in uh, Philippians chapter 1. It takes about two minutes to read through chapter 1. Anybody got two minutes you can give to this this week? And I'll tell you, at Harding, what we did when, when we were studying through a book, if we were going to be in Philippians 1 this week, they would ask us, all right, well, read Philippians 1 every day. And for two minutes, I bet you could do it twice a day, can't you? So you could come back next week, and you've read this chapter 14 times. You're on, you're on the page with the preacher. You probably preach the sermon better than I can. So I want to encourage you uh, as we do that. 
So as we go through this, I want to treat this kind of as a, a teaching. I have a teaching style a lot of times. And so I want to teach you about the book of Philippians. What is Philippians? Why did Paul write it? All of those things. So we're going to start out. It is one of uh, Paul's prison letters, which means he wrote it from prison. Now, there are four such letters you see on the screen, Philippians, Ephesians, Philemon, and Colossians. And I have made it so easy for you. I came up with this at Harding. What do those spell out? Pepsi. Pepsi. You got to remember that, right? Okay. All I ask, I don't, you know, I'm not that creative all the time. So if you use that, just put my name with it. Because my classmates at Harding, you know, I came up with that. And I thought, man, they're going to love this. And they're like, eh, okay. It helps me, okay? So if you think about letters Paul wrote from prison, you think of Pepsi. And you can remember those. All right. So Paul is writing to Philippi, this, this group of people who meet at Philippi, which is a Roman colony, and we'll, we'll see that as we go along. Uh, but it really had a lot of Roman influence. As we go back in the, uh, uh, in the really record of everything, there was a lot of Latin being, being spoken here. So a lot of inscriptions and things like that were in Latin. So you see this Roman influence. This was actually a place where uh, when, when men got done with their military service, they would retire to Philippi. It was a, it was a big deal. This is, this is what it looks like today. This is the Philippian ruins. Uh, beautiful area, right? You got the mountains in the background, just a beautiful, like, fertile, uh, fertile place. Even when I went to uh, Israel, it's kind of amazing. You would see desert, and a lot of places like, oh, I wouldn't want to live here. You go over a few hills, and it could be Texas or Arkansas. Kind of crazy. It's, you know, same thing here. But this was on, this is in a, a, a part of the world, and, and the reason they existed was this Roman ro road. Can you guys see that? That, what that says on that block is Via Ignatia. That is the interstate of the Roman world. And that, came, that, that ran from, from west to east. You could, if you were on this road, here's another, another picture of it. If you were on this road, you could get all through the Roman Empire. So it's just like today where if you live on a port or you live, you know, where an interstate comes through, you see growth. You see uh, a, large, a large gathering of people because... You know, trade, commerce, all those things were going to go through there. And, of course, the, the road doesn't look great, although it's probably still better than some of the ones I have in Arkansas. So, but, but for, for there, that is a fantastic place that you can go and you can know where you're at. You're on the road. It's, it's decent travel. Uh, even when I was in Israel, I knew immediately after kind of touring around Israel why Jesus chose fishermen. Because it's super mountainous, kind of jagged a lot of places. And so if you wanted to get somewhere, you needed to go across the Sea of Galilee. You need to get on the water to have any kind of you know, decent trip. And so uh, travel in this time is um, a very big thing. Uh, one of the, the things about Philippi is when Paul and his associates walk into this place, he's not walking into the Bible Belt of the United States, Right? Paul is walking into an area that's not even like really Jewish uh, scripture, and we'll read that in just a second. When uh, he goes into this place, he looks for a synagogue and doesn't find one. He finds people praying. He finds women praying outside the city. There's not even a synagogue. So uh, one of the deities they pray to is Dionysus. This is two pictures of uh, uh, the same thing. Uh, but both Dionysus and Diana were known as gods or goddesses of fertility. Why is fertility a big thing at this point in history? 
you got to have kids to do some work. We still have some kids in here. Maybe they need to hear that this morning. We got to put some kids to work, right? Uh, but, but that's what that was. I'm getting shushed back there. Okay. Um, but that's a big deal. And so to be able to survive a lot of times, you have to have a big family. You have to have a big support uh, system. You know, here in, in our day and time, you know, we can kind of, we have some government things that we can fall back on. Uh, you really have to try to, you know, uh, to be so hungry or to be so down and out that you don't get any help because there are organizations, right? We, we have things in place, but there in that time, it was a big deal to, to pray to goddesses and gods thinking that they would grant you fertility and grant you uh, a, a bunch of kids. And, and so that's what we see here. And we actually, uh, another inscription talks about like 140 different Egyptian gods and goddesses. So what Paul found in Philippi is really a, a melting pot. Again, just like living on the interstate, living you know, close to Houston, I mean, you got diversity, right? And so with that, you come in with a lot of different ideas, a lot of different uh, worships toward different deities and all those things. And, and so that's what Paul came into. But what we see, uh, one of the things I want to direct you to, though we're studying Philippians, is this is a little bit of the background. Acts 16, okay, starting in verse 7. Uh, here it says, When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. So this is Paul and his cohort on his journey, okay? All right, so, so Luke here in Acts is talking about Paul. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the next day we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. One thing I, I want to point out to you is, is Luke is writing Acts here, and, and I, I hope what you caught in there is he goes into we, when we did this. So Luke is actually traveling. Luke's not actually, you know, he's not hearing this from somebody else. Luke is a part of this. Okay, so when we did this. So Paul is on his journey planning to go somewhere else. He is not planning to go to Philippi, but who stopped him? Yeah, he says, Spirit of Jesus. And you hear some discernment in that, and we think that what he was saying was, you need to go to Macedonia. You know, Paul's seeing this vision of a man saying, hey, come, come help us over here. And so they end up in Philippians. And I didn't include this, but right after the scripture, uh, we see where Paul goes looking for the synagogue. He goes outside of the city and finds women praying, Jewish women praying. And so there he meets Lydia. Lydia is the, the seller of purple who is a, a very wealthy woman, so wealthy, in fact, that she invites all of them to live at her house while they're in the area. She has a, a, a big house. She's, she's a wealthy person. And so he comes into contact with Lydia. Another story uh, so many of us are familiar with is the Philippian jailer. Because Paul here in Philippi uh, is, is healing people of, of demons and things like that. And actually, he, he kind of messed up the local commerce because there's this girl who's telling people their futures, and he cures her of that. Well, she was making somebody some money. And so they, they put him in jail because of it. And so we get the conversion of the Philippian jailer and all of his household. So you see God working through all of this, right? 
You see God helping Paul along his journey. Though Paul had different plans, uh, he agrees to go with God and what he believes God is leading him to do on this journey there in Acts chapter 16. So today, uh, well, let me just show you this real quick because I think this is important and I had like three people tell me after first service, I love the visuals. So that's a good visual, right? All right, so Paul was actually in this area and it said he was trying to go to Bithynia. So he was trying to go up here. And what the Spirit of God says, you need to come to Macedonia. And right here is Philippi. So Macedonia, the whole area there, you got Thessalonica, you, you've heard that before. Uh, Neapolis, uh, and let's see, let's, let's zoom in here. Samothrace, where we just mentioned. So, and, and here, look at this. The Via Ignatia. This is the road going all through. This is the, the interstate highway uh, as we would know it. Uh, but as we get into this, as we go into Philippians 1, I just want to encourage us all to read it. Let's study this together, okay? That's what we're going to do, and I'm going to help you. Uh, if, that is, if that is something you're struggling with, I don't know where to start in my Bible study, start right here with me today, okay? And we're going to talk, uh, talk about what Paul is writing to the Philippians and, and kind of what he says there. So we're going to read just the first 11 verses today. Next, next week we'll be at the end of chapter 1. And then the, the following week, I love Philippians chapter 2, uh, the first about 11 verses there. Fantastic scripture. So if you want to read ahead, go there. So Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. I did not tell the first service this, and I meant to. A lot of times... When Scripture says servants, it is using a Greek word called doulos. Doulos really means slave. Now, because of our sensitivities towards what slavery has been in this country and other places, there's a lot of connotation. There's a lot of baggage with that word. So we say servant. It's still a good word. It's not, it's not a, you know incorrect word. But really what Paul says literally is slaves of Jesus Christ. Well, what does that mean? You know, in, in this context that we are, we are giving ourselves over to the wishes and desires of Jesus. Just as Scripture tells us, you know, we don't live for ourselves. We live for the will of God, right? Okay, so just, a, just an aside, you've got a leg up on first service this week. Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and the deacons. We just installed deacons this morning. Uh, the only problem that we come to in Scripture is when we see the word deacons or diakonos, it just means servant. And so we don't know half the time if we're talking about just people who work in the church or we're talking about officials like what we did this morning. So uh, there you go. They didn't get that this morning either. I, I guess I'm waking up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's stop right there because you're going to hurt my feelings if that doesn't ring a bell to you. Because we talked about this in, in the setup for all summer, that God is faithful to bring about completion. And that completion means that you're maturing in him. 
All right? So being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, remember we talked about baptism not being the end, being the beginning, your beginning walk with Jesus, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus, of Christ Jesus, the Messiah. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want to focus today on 9 through 11. Because what Paul is, is asking there, his prayer, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. And he, his idea here is that I love these people. You know, I have, I have only been coming here since mid-May, and I love you guys. You don't have to be here long. You don't have to be around a group of people. And when you, you love God together, it's just like, this is easy. I love you guys. And that's what Paul is experiencing here. Though I can't be with you right now, though I'm in chains for the gospel, he will say, I love you guys. And my prayer for you is that you grow in your love and your depth of knowledge. Amen. When Katie and I were, were talking about starting to have kids, I didn't, I didn't tie it to Philippians chapter 1, but this was my prayer uh, to God. God, I don't want kids just to have kids. God, I want to, I want to have kids so that we can raise them to know you and to love you. Anybody else want that for your kids? Like, I want my kids to have a relationship with God. A lot of times, I, I've told you guys that one of the best things we do as parents, uh, and actually Katie started it, is we pray together as, as the kids go to bed. We go and sit on their bed uh, let them choose the order sometimes. We'll play games, to who picks, all this stuff. But we pray together because I want them to hear us pray. I want, I want to hear them pray. And so one of the things I will pray for, I'll pray for all these things, you know, all these wishes and desires and whatever, and I will make a point to say, but more than any of this, God, would you help them grow up to know you? Like if I have done that, I have succeeded as a parent. I saw, I saw on Facebook this week that, you know, it's interesting how uh, successful or wealthy or all these things that we want for our kids or desire for our kids isn't really found in Scripture. Like we pray over our kids to be successful and all these things, but shouldn't we be praying this prayer that Paul is saying? That you grow in your, in your love, you grow in the depth of your knowledge of God. And so that's what we want to help. And that's, that's the way I'm going to approach this book, is that as we get into it, I want you to know it. I mean, like I said, you can read this chapter in two minutes. You can read it next week. If you read it two times a day, you'll, you'll have read it 14 times. And you'll come in here, and you can probably preach a better sermon than me, and that's fine. But we're going to get into studying the Bible because so many people are just not making time for it anymore. When I went back to school, I've said this before, I know I have, but what they said was the entrance exam, you know, so they, they're doing an entrance assessment to see where are these kids when they come in. And they said every year 
uh, the scores go down. So we're not doing a better job. We're doing a worse job. You know, we're so busy, we're not making time. So that's what I want to do. When Paul is praying, I want you to have this, this love, and I want you to have this depth of knowledge. Where does that come from? That comes from knowing God. Well, how do you know God? Well, he's given you his words to study, to understand who he is. Now, when I come to a passage like this, one thing that's on my mind is you can have the temptation to just know a lot. Like my desire is just to know Scripture and just to be able to quote Scripture. Uh, I've met people who would say, hey, this person right here, uh, he really knows Scripture and can quote it, and you know that. But then you deal with them, it's like, do you really understand Scripture? Have you ever met somebody like that? Like church people are the worst because you don't expect it, right? Like where'd that attitude come from? You were just quoting scripture just a second ago, right? And so what you see in this, I believe, is that at some point, you've got to make that move from head to heart. So it's not enough to be able to quote scripture and, and just you know, impress everyone with your vast knowledge of what the, the word of God says. What's impressive is that uh, you know, God moves you closer to himself, that you become more and more godly. Okay? And that's what Paul is saying right here, that you grow in that love. And that love leads you to God. That love for everyone else, you know, and that knowledge of who God is, that leads you to the place we all want to go, I believe. And he says in verse 10, he says, more and more knowledge and depth of insight. And he gives the so here, so that you may be able to, to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Anybody want to be that? Yes, Lord. Uh, well done, good and faithful servant, right? You, you've done well. You have followed me. And that's what, again, that's something I want for my kids, but that's something I want for us all, that we're able to discern the Scriptures. We're able to understand who God is telling us that he is. <coughs> so many times when you have biblical conversations with someone, uh, they either, like the example I gave before, maybe they can quote Scripture, but they don't understand it. Or, or we, we proof text. Anybody know what proof texting is? You, get, you heard that before? So we'll, we will pick one Scripture and say, here's where it says. And you kind of, once you go read the context of that Scripture, you're like, I don't think that's saying that at all. Right? But, but if I just come with the Scripture and tell you this is what it says, well, you might be, oh, Okay. But the rest of Scripture is saying something else about God or about this situation or about whatever it is. And so there is a maturing that we have to do to be able to understand Scripture. And that's what uh, he is praying for, that we may be found pure and blameless for the day of Christ. He says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Again, you see that fruit. We've talked about that several times this summer that evidence that you have been changed. You know, evidence that you have been changed is not, I know a lot. You know, sometimes we like to brag, well, I, I hadn't changed my mind on anything in 30 years. Well, why not? God hadn't been able to teach you anything else in that time? That's not a brag. That's a, that's a you're pretty hard-headed, man. Okay? And so the fruit of righteousness is that, that evidence that you see in my life that, that God is doing something here. That is not I'm just being able to quote Scripture. It's that my life is changed. 
And now I live more pure, more blameless, okay? And he says the fruit of righteousness that comes through hard work and our effort, right? That, I miss that? Through Jesus Christ, we get so many things out of whack. Um, somebody told me after uh, service on Wednesday, one of those, uh, one of those uh, you ever had one of those scriptures that weren't actually scriptures? But you've heard them enough, you know, God moves in mysterious ways. Now, there's a song about it, but no scripture that's really telling you, you know, all this. Uh, another one is, um, that, I was, that mentioned to me at Wednesday was, uh, God helps those who help themselves. Heard that before? Yeah, that's kind of an American culture, you know, read into scripture type of thing. You need to work harder. Well, like we've talked all summer... <laughs> It is not about working our way into heaven, that God, I have done it, now you owe me. It is about our participation and saying yes to God because those fruits of righteousness are found only through Jesus Christ, right? And so if we're going to know Jesus Christ, if we're going to find those fruits through him, we have to know about him. We have to get into Scripture, and we need to start understanding it. And I know, uh, I know at times that can feel like, where in the world do I begin? How do I start this? And like I said, I'm going to teach you. If that's a, a struggle or anxiety that you have, uh, I hope that you're along for the ride. Because just as, as Paul says, I want you to have a, a depth of insight. Each week as we teach, as I teach and preach up here, I hope that you're learning something new. I hope that you're challenged by something, reminded by something, encouraged by something, but that we come to understand the Word of God. And as I've said every week, that I come alongside of you, that we're going to walk this thing together, right? And so just as Paul prayed today, I pray for our church, that we grow in our, in our love for each other, that the depth uh, of knowledge is there for us, that we do, we are people, we, we used to be known as people of the book, right? Like, that was a pride thing for us, right? We know the Bible. I think a lot of times we probably only know the New Testament, or especially Acts, right? Second chapter only. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, <laughs> when we get narrow it down, it, it's it may, maybe not of the book, or of the book means Acts, I don't know. I'm just, just playing, but, but I hope that we, we as a, a church family want that. And just as Paul says, there's, there's a reason for it, so that you may be able to discern what is best. That you may be understand the will of God and what he wants for you and what he wants for your family, what he wants for your church. And we know that, that as we grow closer to God, we're going to grow closer together. And man, I want that for this church. First of all, I don't have any family here, so all y'all connected people, <laughs> I'm on the outside. Somebody's going to have to draw me a, a family tree of everybody or something. And so I, I need that for my family, right? Because my, my, the rest of my family is not here. So we need to grow closer as a church this way. But we also need to understand that people are coming. The city of Mont Bellevue says that they, they think that by 2035, there's going to be 35,000 people here, something like that. It's crazy. But people are coming. And again, as we asked last week, the question what kind of church are they going to find here? Are they going to find a church who has grown a deeper love and a deeper knowledge of who God is? Or are they going to find people who are just playing church? 
and just like to kind of come and meet together and singing pretty cool, so I like that. Or do we come because we love God and we love each other? So my prayer is as we go through this that we do all of these things. We grow in love for each other, that we understand more about who God is through Paul's letter to the Philippians. This week, read it. Two minutes, two minutes of time, I'm telling you. Read it. Next week, you'll be right on target with me. And let's understand this book. How about it? But it's got to start today. If you have any needs this morning, I've already gotten some prayer requests. If you have some more, I'd love to, uh, to pray with you. Uh, we'd love to praise God with you if something's going good. We'd love to pray and, and weep with you if something's not going well. Or if this morning, if, if now is the time for you to put on Jesus Christ in baptism, we'd love to do that. We'd love to rejoice with you. We'd love to help you start that walk uh, together right now. If you have any needs, would you come as we stand and sing?